a lot of people don't know this part, and I haven't ever been open about it, but like, if real estate didn't work out, like I was not going to be here anymore. Like I was to that point in my life where I was just like, dude, there's nothing like nothing more for me here. Um, so like I get emotional talking about it, but yeah, yeah. like if it didn't work, I wasn't going to be here. Yeah. Welcome back, back, back to Young Money Mindset, hosted by Luke Caricia and Robbie Holdcross. From, from the ground up, where we talk about mindset, real estate, the hustle, and everything to help you achieve your dreams. Welcome back to Young Money Mindset. We're super stoked to have Justin Mercer on the podcast today. Uh, first guest, so we appreciate. Oh, special. My yeah, man. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, quick introduction for you, for those of you that don't know Justin. Uh, he's got 50 deals in the last 12 months, so he's killing it out here. He's a Hollywood actor. He starred in Trippy Red, Kevin Gates, Gunna, Dave East, and 21 Pilots, and uh, he shot handful of movies as well so welcome to the podcast thanks, justin thanks, thanks for having me your time. young money as in like you guys are young right because i'm not <laughs> yeah. i'm not young goes all around. <laughs> i wish i was young yeah well cool man so um kicking it off so what was like your upbringing like um i know that kind of shapes you know your career moving forward so what was that like what, what kind of kid were you single mom <laughs> i got a single mom uh, my father passed away when i was eight uh he wasn't around much when i was a child um i remember his last couple of years he was homeless so like he would like hustle to get money to take us out. My mom would drop us off in downtown Indianapolis and he would take us out with the money he went <laughs> asked for. Yeah. And then, so he was still around, but he wasn't like around, around like he should have been. But yeah, single mom, she had three jobs. I saw her work a full-time job, night job, weekend job. Or, so time with my mom wasn't a thing. But now that I'm a dad, I'm like, dude, I don't know how the fuck you did it alone. Like there's impossible. I'd do it half time and it's hard as fuck, let alone full time. So I grew up watching a hustling mom, so that instilled all the work ethic in the world to me. Yeah, you're only child. No, I got three sisters. Uh, two, one of them's an older um, half sister. We didn't find her until later on in life, but okay. I grew up in a household with two sisters, yeah. an older one, a younger one. So only boy and middle child. So, so <laughs> only, neglected. Yeah. Only man in the house kind of <laughs> had to. No, my mom babied the shit out of me. <laughs> mama's boy growing up. Yeah, I got yeah. mama's boy tattooed on. Oh, so shit. when did you assume oh, yeah. the the role of being the man of the household? Uh, I, dude, I didn't until afterwards. Like, I was, like, I didn't have a father figure in the house. So, like, my mom makes fun of me because when I was 14, she was, like, I was getting ready for school, high school. And I had cologne, like the old, pour, you used to pour cologne in your hand and, like, rub yeah. it. Um, I would put it on my finger like this and rub it on my wrist and put it on my neck like that. And she's like, what are you doing? That's how I saw her really fucking put on her yeah, 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 like the girls do it so, right together. And she was like, she laughed. She's like, no, like guys do it like this. And she was yeah. showing me. I was like, I got the spray shit. But yeah, I wasn't like the dude. I wasn't mature. I was. I got picked on a lot in high school. I was small. I was people. I'm six one, two fifty right now. I was five seven, hundred thirty pounds in junior year of high school when I was sixteen. So where I was did you, tiny. Where did you graduate? Or where did Marcus you go Geniza to? in Tempe? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. So, and when did you move out to Arizona? Did you? Are you so I was Arizona born and raised right? here. We moved there for three, four years because we didn't have any family out here. The split with my mom and dad, and then he passed away out there. And then we moved back. Got it. Yeah. So graduated, man. Marcos Deniza, what a school! What yeah. uh, man, I've heard a lot of stories about Marcos. I had a couple buddies go to Marcos. It was Deniza. like a, a good. It's a great mix of people. Like yeah. you literally have everyone there. <laughs> it's like the most multicultural school I can see, think of. Like you have the rich kids, the non-rich kids, the hood kids, the 
we had Guadalupe that feeds in. So you have every race, religion, like every type yeah, of person. Yeah. yeah. Did you get along with everybody? Or yeah, you I, kinda... I, I got picked on, but I, for the most part, I'm an introvert, dude. I'm like very quiet to myself. I played Magic the Gathering. You guys remember that game? No. I don't think I do, no. The card game Magic? Uh, oh, oh, no, no, no. I, I think I have. Oh, yeah. It's it, like Pokemon. I've heard the yeah, name. Shit. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, but yeah. I played that in the cafeteria in my sophomore year of high school. Like, I was that kid that was fucking playing card games, and I was a little nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no one, like, other than getting picked on, no one, like, fuck with me because I wasn't, like, yeah. yeah. I started hanging out with a cooler crowd when I could drive, and that's when, like, I was hanging out with the cooler people. Yeah. What, uh, what was your first car? 1981 Chevy Citation. Damn, there you go. Oh, okay. It was a, a two-door one, so it was a sport coupe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I was driving back from lunch once. I went over a speed bump, and the whole fucking exhaust system fell off. And I just dragged <laughs> just it into in the, the road. parking lot. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it was an old beater. Yeah. I got a paint job on it. I put a system in it. It was so dumb. But <laughs> it, I, if I ever, like, fucking get my dream home and I have space, like, I swear to God, I'm buying my first car back. Like, I want that car back. I So I, I grew up, I had a truck, like an old clapped-out Chevy Silverado and uh, I, dude, I dream. I, like, dream of buying that truck again. Same one? And Yeah, the same one, like, finding the VIN number, mm-hmm. like, going out, getting the VIN, like, tracking it down and just buying it and just, like, cheering it out and just leaving it in the garage. Like, That's something beautiful. about your first car, it's just bring all those memories, right? Yeah. Like, driving to school and, like, getting your first chick in there and just doing everything like that is, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. it's just trippy, yeah, you know? I bought it myself, too. Like, I worked. I got the paint job myself. Yeah. I put, like, everything I did, I worked for. So Yeah, like, I got the time. That's like, your baby. That's your, yeah. Yeah, I want that thing back just because of the, the level of, like, responsibility taught me how to value money and how to spend it so yeah that's awesome yeah. so what uh what other like adversity did you face early on in life it sounds like you you were picked on like in high school but when did that like stop or what what adversity prior to that did you face um I was just the I think it was more it, I've always been in a me versus me battle more than anything else so I don't know it, it sucks growing up single mom like a lot of stuff it affects you more on down the road like my first marriage, like, I didn't know what a father was. I didn't have one around. I didn't know what a husband was. My mom's never been in a normal relationship. She's been treated like shit by every dude she's ever met. So, to me, my only job was to provide and protect. As long as I'm working my ass off and protecting the family and I put the hot food on the table and pay the bills, like, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Then you realize when you're in a relationship, that's not how you can sustain one. Like, you have to do the other shit, too, the little stuff that I didn't think I – I wasn't grown up seeing it. I never saw a healthy relationship. So it was more like the adversaries and more just, like, the mindset you create for yourself for the future. Yeah, and just not having, like, maybe that role model, right, yeah. in life, like, early on. Yeah, but I don't ever, I don't, like, I'm not one of those people that woe is me. Like, no, yeah. Yeah, this is more like, I, I, if I didn't go through that shit, like, would I be the same person I am today? Well, and yeah. that, that's what I think about, too, a lot, is, like, I think that, that adversity and, like, to our audience out there listening, especially, like, the younger generation, right, I think some of that adversity early on in life kind of shapes you mm-hmm. as an adult, right? Yeah. Um, and it really kind of paves that path for you moving forward, whether that is in business or that's in like the gym, fitness. Like, when did you start taking your fitness more serious? As soon as I graduated high school. Okay. So I was very tiny. I was 5'3", freshman year, junior year. I was driving at 16 at 5'6", 130 pounds. Yeah. I loved football. I never played because I was tiny. Senior year, I blew up. I don't know where it happened, but I graduated. I was 6'1", like 200 pounds. Like, it had a huge growth spurt, right? But I was overweight. I had, like, a lot of body fat. I was eating fucking Big thirst busters and hot pockets <laughs> yeah. in bed. I gained a lot of weight um, after high school. Like, I was just like, dude, I'm tired of getting picked on. I'm tired of being this guy. Like, I've always 
football was always in my life. So I played football after high school. Ended up getting scholarships. I played for the semi-pro team here. Like oh, I did a Rattlers tryout, private tryout. Yeah, yeah. So I got really good in football quick because I mean, I've been around it my whole life. And I was a na- people don't understand. I was a natural like fast athlete, but sure. I ran a four four seven forty. Like that was quick as hell. But I never had the athletic life growing up. So I had my glory years in my early twenties, and then just fucking tell- fell off. Yeah. What do you what do you mean What do you mean you fell off? I mean, it sounds like you kind of like found your groove, like figured out who Justin Mercer was, like towards the end of your high school years. Like you weren't that timid, mm-hmm. introvert kid. Like when do you feel like you like found your groove and like decided like who you wanted to be, like and saw that saw that vision. I think when people start like reacting to you and you start getting like credibility, like you know, when I played yeah. football, like the credibility, like I was a third string defensive end and I led the league in sacks like how do yeah. you lead the lead in sacks in your yeah. third string right <laughs> so me moving up and seeing like these people are like and I, I never lost an introvert so I'm still like that now a lot of people yeah. don't know but I was that in my football team I was that everywhere um but when people start praising you now like the people you look up to are starting to like praise you that's what drove me more than anything is the the pat on the backs like, yeah the people that I never thought would be my friends or never thought would like me just because my own self-consciousness. Yeah. When they start get feeding into you, I think that's... It's almost like when you give yourself credit and, and start to work for yourself and start to work out, like other people recognize mm-hmm. that and you have like an, an attraction in a way. Well, yeah. When I was the kid that got picked on his whole life to now people were like, don't mess with that guy. Yeah. Like yeah. that was always the thing, don't mess with that guy. And I was like, me? Like, I'm like, yeah, what am I going to do? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like, like I can take care of myself, but I don't start shit. Like I don't... Yeah. I'm just, that's not me. But I was, I was big when I was playing football. Traps were fucking huge. Like I was... I was really big when I played football. I think I just liked the the attention it got me that it was not negative anymore. Yeah, yeah. Did kinda, you, go ahead. So it kind of just like turned a new leaf, right? Like the whole football, jumping into football kind of turned that new leaf. You started getting that self-confidence, that confidence, yeah. right? That confidence and like that belief in yourself. And that's, that's one thing I talk to a lot of younger guys about is like, you know – it's very hard for someone else to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. So I think that belief starts with yourself, but it's mm-hmm. one thing a lot of people struggle with is like, how do you get that confidence? Like if, if it's not football, right? What is it? Is it, you know, um, a lot of times I would say it's probably like a career, right? Yeah. In, in some cases, you know, people start kind of, they get out of either high school or college and then they start a career and maybe they have some success early on or they don't and they switch careers until they get that success yeah. and then they get that confidence. So it's like imposter syndrome when you're not, I, I, I get that now. Like, I have real huge imposter syndrome everything I do because I'm not used to success. I've never had it. I've never seen it. I've never been around it. So to me, I'm like, I'm not there yet. I look up to too many people that I shouldn't be looking up to. Well, and a lot of people, too, it's like they don't feel like they're worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah, just, being, just being 100% real, like, I, I talk to guys all the time where they're just, like, they sit down and they're just, like, break down, dude. And they're like, I just don't – I was never successful. My family wasn't successful. Like, why me, right? Why? Why am I? I feel guilt all the time. Yeah. I sit and I pull up to my office. Like I'm like this. I can't believe this is my life. Like, I feel guilty because I know I'm just so what used to what I had that I know people still are in that position. I just feel bad, but, but it make, puts guilt on myself. And it shouldn't be there. But yeah, and yeah. I guess you were one of the very few though that weren't complacent, right? Because I know kind of early on, right before you got into real estate, like a lot of people are complacent in that life, right? And I've talked to a lot of people. And, you know, they have just a lot of different things, right? They have a lot of different roadblocks and obstacles that they have to face. And it's like those obstacles are there, right? But it's really that complacency where it just, it's like, I don't want to change, right? So what made you change, I guess? Because I was in that spot. 
I was in the spot where I thought I was only good enough for what I had. So I was a teacher. There's no money in teaching in Arizona. Like I made no money, but I worked with kids my whole life. Like what what did you make as a as a teacher in Arizona? Thirty one thousand a year. I was eight hundred bucks every two weeks. Wow. And like you're living paycheck to paycheck, and more, worse than that, like you got credit card debt going up. I had a summer job to like waiting tables just to make up for money. Like it was a great job. The hours you can't beat the hours and the time off. But as far as like it, there was no money in it, so I left. The career I loved, which was teaching, to go drive a semi for Pepsi. My roommate worked there. He told me, don't do it, do their work through the bone. And that's what happened for 13 years. I was at that company. But wow. that was the, the toxic mindset that triggered a lot of like falling dominoes to the point where, like, real estate, it wasn't an option for me ever. Like, I always wanted to do it, but to me, it was just like, I, dude, I can't do it because of my look, right? I didn't think I could do any job. And I was afraid to leave Pepsi. I was afraid to get fired. I was their best driver. I was the one that had the most cases, the most cases per hour. I was on time. Did you take pride in that, though? 100%. 100%. Yeah, because yeah, that's what I grew up with. Yeah, and it's like it's some, something as simple as that, like in terms of like, hey, I'm going to be the best driver I can mm -hmm. be. I'm going to be the best teacher I can be. That all translates, I yeah. think, throughout your life. That's the good thing about real estate, which we get into later, but the, you're never going to be the best. Like, I'm never going to be the best. But... Like, it always gives you something to work towards. But with the, the driving, the complacency, I thought that was my life. And it ruined two marriages. It ruined my time with my kids. It ruined my mindset. So real estate wasn't something I always wanted to do. And it was just someone gave me permission to do it. And it wasn't like they gave me permission. of seeing someone else's success. I was like, oh, shit, maybe there's this opportunity for me. So I was like, worst day ever at work, dude. I was driving back to the plant. It was a 14-hour shift. It was 117 degrees out. Like, I'm, my back hurts. I'm fucking, my I had to bring an extra shirt because I sweat so much because it's hot. And you're outside in the middle of parking lots, down the stack of pallets and wheeling it in. So I saw this billboard and said the tattooed lawyer. And uh, he's the anti-lawyer now, but he used to be called the, ta the tattooed lawyer. And he had a sleeveless uh, suit on with a big gavel. And I looked at the billboard, and I just remember thinking, that's exactly who I'd work with. And just that thought, four years later, when now I'm in real estate, four years later, that's what drove me to real estate is seeing that and knowing, like, dude, he built something from his look, right? From his brand and his look, maybe I have the same shot. And a lot of people don't know this part, and I haven't ever been open about it, but, like, if real estate didn't work out, like, I was not going to be here anymore. Like, I was to that point in my life where I was just like, dude, there's nothing, like, nothing more for me here. Um, so, like, I get emotional talking about it, but. Yeah. Man. yeah like, if it didn't work, I wasn't going to be here. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but. That's why I started the Successful Misfit Company because uh, a lot of people are in that mindset. And it's just that average fucking Joe that you see every day and, like, the struggles they have, like, beneath that. Yeah. Yeah, did you struggle with drugs and alcohol throughout that 13 years? Mm, or? Not struggle, no. No? Okay. No, I have addictive personality, but also I had kids. So I did a lot, I did a lot of pills and stuff because the pills is what got the mind out like that's what made me numb that's what yeah so i was a yeah. pill addict um before i had my first daughter but Oxy's. she's 11 now at oxycodone Oxy, okay. oxycodone like the expensive shit like it's heroin dude yeah. yeah so i did that for a while percocets all that shit but it was like that was the only thing that made me happy like that was like you get your mind off everything but when i had my first kid um was i addicted no, I, don't, I don't think i was but probably like if i go back to that era yeah but when I had my first daughter, I grew up without a father. So I'm like, there's no, I'm not going to put anything in that way. So it was something that as soon as she was born, I cut everything out. Like, it wasn't an issue. We didn't have 
cold turkey, just like I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, it like becomes your vice. It's yeah. like that's what drives you. And like I, it, Mike Tyson talked about it once, and it's like the way he kept himself out of depression and out of that mindset was by setting goals and, and trying to achieve them. When you don't have any goals, mm-hmm. you get lost on that rabbit hole. And that's why, you know, being at Pepsi so long, it's like it's just continuous, mm-hmm. the same thing every single day. And I could see how your mind would kind of just start to slip without without a vision in mind. It's mm-hmm. like, and now with the position you're in, like it seems, it seems like you're constantly like setting the next goal and you're going out and you're like crushing it and you're going to get it. And like, you've got a family and like, mm-hmm. like that's, it seems like that's from drugs to now that's your vice now. Like that's what gets you going. Yeah, my addictions work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sucks. It's, I mean, it's, it's a healthy always, addiction though. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's what you want. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I'm still bouncing life out, but at least I'm happy. That's why it's like a lot. Like real estate can go away tomorrow. Like I'm figure something out because I figured out how to get out of that that life where I was unhappy. So when I was first starting, a lot of the look and the this and the that, people were like, "What if it doesn't work?" I was like, "I don't have an option. I'm not gonna be here if it doesn't work." I don't think you guys understand. Like I'm not gonna be here. So if I didn't have, we talked about earlier when I said I'll get to it. That's what it is. Like people that experience back against the wall moment, or people that have nothing to lose, or people that just have been through shit and they just know what it's like. They'll always put themselves in positions and never get back there. And I think the people like door knocking, that's another thing. You just said you're in door knocking. I said you're going to be the best agent ever because you're used to this shit. Like, no matter what happens in real estate, like, do you want to go back to knocking doors for 10 hours in oh, summer? Nothing can be that bad, right? <laughs> yeah. so you've, had, you've had your back against yeah. the wall. Like, I'm not going back to that life. And that's what I think makes a successful real estate agent, not like a look. It's a work ethic. It's a, it's a, different side of visions of knowing like what reality is outside of what a job can be yeah and i i i completely agree with the whole back against the wall thing because like you're exactly right like i i saw flashbacks of that like i'll be walking up to a listing or you know walking up to tour a home and i just look down the street and i'm like man i was like walk i was the guy walking down the street in 110 degree weather sweating knocking on people's door you know, 10 hours a day. And it's like, I do not want to do that. I want to go from my AC car to the door to back yeah. in. That's a hustle. Dude. That's a hard job. It is. If someone's willing to do that. They can do anything. And it's a big, I think it's a big mind thing. And, and that's really what our podcast, you know, young money mindset, we really try to hammer the mindset point home because I think you can be the most talented person, but if your mindset isn't there, mm-hmm. um, and I see a lot of people struggling with it. So what, I guess, what would you want to say to like the younger generation right now? That's Maybe, you know, thinking, I know there's a lot of entitlement out there. I mean, let's just be real about it, right? In our generation, there's a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of my buddies, right, mm-hmm. that just think, you know, the world should be this fair, you know, hey, you know, I, I work hard and I should be paid X amount of dollars or just what, what's your thought on that, like the entitlement and just the younger generation? I, I, I still don't have a mindset around it. I think it's like more it's okay to not be okay because I think a lot of people know their problems. They know the issues. They know their downfalls, but they're afraid to admit it to everyone else because they don't want to look like a fraud. They don't want to look like they're weak, like especially men. Men do not say their weaknesses because they don't want to look weak. Like it took forever for me to express emotion that like today bright, brings emotion out of me, so I never talked about it because I'm not going to be that fucking guy who cries and do, does this. But I think everyone has that mentality. And in like business, my second year of real estate, I made more money than anyone my entire life Like put together. like I was like, I didn't think this was ever a possibility for me. Third year in, we have a market turn. I have an office. I have a team. I have marketing. Like, 
it all starts just fucking tanking, right? Because you got so much money wrapped so up. So much overhead, you're paying yeah. this, that thing's coming in. And yeah, I started losing money, and I started getting depressed. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, if I fail, I feel like I'm like, I put myself on such a platform, not purposely, but just with the branding, I put myself on a level where people are, like, watching me. If I fail, they're all right. Like, I was supposed to fail. He's not going to. So I was afraid to ever say anything. I just kept letting it be bad. Instead, of, I talked to other agents that were, I'm like, dude, here's what I'm experiencing. Oh, no problem. Like, this, this, this happened. I've been through this five times. I came being swept three, four times. I did this, I did this. I lost $100,000 in this house. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, all these successful people in my eyes, like, they've all had their six or seven times of this. So when I was more open talking about it is when I started, like, learning different avenues of money making. Like, if you, this is failing, here's your other opportunities that you can branch off of it and just knowing that other people are going through that right yeah. and I, I like i agree with you like back in june you know i think like at least personally you know just being vulnerable here with you today it's like i mean our, our business came you know pretty pretty low you know we got mm -hmm. to a pretty low point and how to you know we had six seven wholesale deals we canceled right uh lost emd on a lot of those you know and just kind of how to like reset and just kind of reinvent ourselves as a team as a you know our culture everything really and yeah. um i think that's a, that's one thing in the real estate industry that i've noticed in just my short short amount of time is like there's a lot of hush hush behind the behind closed doors you know we're having this open conversation but then you know out and about in the office or wherever it is it's like oh no we're putting this persona and this image on where everyone else is looking at it and they're not, they don't know what's going on behind yeah. those closed doors. That's so, everyone thought I was a fucking multimillionaire from my marketing. I'm like, no, dude, like, this is, yeah, I'm I spent a lot of money. I never, I made $70,000 ruining my life. Like, so me, if I made 70 grand, I'm fine. Like, I, I ruined my life with 70 grand a year. I don't need, so I was reinvesting so much money back in my business because my whole plan of real estate wasn't to have this upfront money, it was to become a name, it was to be, the lawyers you see on the billboards, the Shane Co's, the all these companies that that like when I bought an engagement ring, I went to Shane Co. I didn't go to any other company. And Did I you go to Rafi too. I had a but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I know Rafi's phone number. I know Learner and Rose phone number. Yeah, you can't forget it. Yeah. All from marketing, right? I know sh how to get to Shane Co. Right now, I can tell you exactly how to get there. Yeah. Jingle, and no one's ever been that name in real estate. So when I joined real estate, I'll, all I was going for is like I want to be the the lawyer. I want to be the the Shanko, and I'll pour every cent back in to become a name down the road. You, what? Oh God! Have you always like leaned into like your personality and your look? And I, I also I was curious like so when when did the exterior look come? Like when did you start to get tatted up? Was that all while you were at Pepsi or was that uh, over the some years? Some was when I was teaching, but they weren't hidden. Yeah. Pepsi. Um, there's other backstories with the tattoos too, but yeah. um, it was like my escape, dude. It was like. The, I like the pain. I like the just the like going and getting the pain. And I was like really insecure. So the tattoos were my like shed away from like putting the things on things I was self conscious about. Yeah. Instead, the tattoos will take all the attention, not the things I'm unhappy with myself. That's where all the tattoos started. Yeah. Um, it was an addiction to the pain and the masking what I was unhappy with myself about. So like the the look was I've always had it. I never like rode deep into it until I was acting and I was getting paid for my look. Like I was right. getting the gigs from my look. With real estate, it was my way to set myself apart from everybody. It was my way to, yeah, not a lot of people use me, but I'm the only person that's doing this. Like yeah. there's people that have tattoos, but nobody has their face and head and neck and 
branded. I looked up the tattooed realtor like, before I was even finished with school. Or back before I even started school, I looked up tattooed realtor, inked agent, inked realtor. There was like fucking 40. Yeah. But when I looked at all their pages, it was like it was an, a business card or a name. They didn't like brand. It wasn't yeah. like. So you knew right away that that was going to be like your thing. Like yeah. you were going to lean into that as heavy as possible to set I had my car getting wrapped before I graduated school. I had yeah. my business cards being made. I had open house signs being made. I had everything being made before I even graduated school because I knew there's no fail. I don't have an option. Yeah. Like I have to go all in or just not do it at all. And that's the thing with new agents. They're just getting in because they see somebody else's wealth or they see somebody else's easy money. That's yeah. what my – I did research before I like, yeah. went to school. Like, I'm very methodical. Like, what, what am I doing? Like, if I'm really going to do this, like, what am I looking at? I talked to agents. I talked to – I looked up statistics. I'm like, there's an 85% fail rate in this industry. You don't get paid for the first seven months in the business. I knew all this shit before I went to school. Yeah. And that's where people miss the boat is they just – they come in thinking it's easy. Like you don't, and if someone comes out to me, say, "Oh, I want to do real estate. Where do I go to school?" I already know. I'm just like, dude, I don't say it, but I'm like, don't talk to me. Like you haven't really, even dude. looked where <laughs> yeah. to go to school. If you're school. not researching yeah. it, if you're not yeah. like diving headfirst in prior to even getting, like I was, I was in that. Like since I got licensed at 21, and since I was been 18, you know, knocking doors, right, looking mm-hmm. between doors and walking around, I was always looking like, hey. You know, what is, you know, what, what should I study, right? What should I, what, what materials can I get my hands on? Mm-hmm. What can I, you know, start telling people I'm already licensed, right? Before I was even licensed, like, hey, man, I'm going to be licensed soon. Like, you yeah. know, I was two years out. So I, I totally see that, I guess, really on, like, kind of switching gears a little bit. What, um, what would you say is, like, three things that could provide value to someone in maybe their early 20s? that's stuck at a nine to five or maybe kind of just stuck in their own head that either wants to start a business or get into real estate. So there's tons of ways to look at it. Like there's like you have room for failure when you don't have the family yet, when you don't have some of the responsibilities that come, like there's room to fail. And that's the best thing about like entrepreneurship in general. Like you're going to fail like nine times out of 10, you're probably going to fail at something. Do it while you have less responsibility. Um, I know what it's like to work for somebody else. So now when I said that back in a small moment, I said I'll never go back there. I've ruined my life to get paid the same amount as somebody who's the shittiest driver in the company. Like we made the same amount of money. And I was like ruining my body, my life, my family, everything to make another company millions and millions of dollars. Like to me, I didn't learn all this shit till later on because I didn't think I was worth anything. Like I thought entrepreneurship was something for people that went to college. And, and I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until I was in it. So a lot of people are just struggling because they don't think they can be this person. Yeah, you can. You just can't do it until you're in it. Because if you have the work ethic and the mentality, you're going to figure it out. Um, I did a speaking event on marketing. Fucking three years ago, I drove a semi. I was wanting to kill myself. (laughs) Um, And they introduced me as a marketing branding expert. I'm like, I don't When I first started real estate, I didn't know shit about marketing, branding, social media, real estate, business, nothing. I drove a semi. I learned all this shit just by being me and going off my behaviors. And it wasn't like, I'm not a marketing and branding expert. I'm a behavioral expert. And when I say that, it's like, I know my behaviors around certain things and you, you your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So people that are going to use me will probably most likely have the same behaviors I have. So that's what my genius is, is behaviors that I think in business and it works, right? So Everyone thinks they can't do it. And in reality, that's what Successful Misfits, that's why I created it, is because I want to be the permission for everyone else to have success. Not just me, a group, groups of the speakers I have. Like, 
we have a meetup Friday, and this guy was in the cartel and did 13 years in Mexican prison. And now he's a pastor and leads his, like with faith and fitness is his goals in life. I'm like, this guy, everything about him should be, everyone should write you off and you should be gone. Like everything in your life that led you up to this, you need to be written off and go fucking rot in a hole somewhere. But he didn't. So, because it's like all these people took that step where it's like, I'm worth more. So, anything that just, I don't need three steps. I need one. Just you got to fucking immerse yourself in it and do it because you're going to figure out shit about yourself that I can never motivate into you. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of breaking that down a little further, like I know you have the Successful Misfits podcast. Um, and then one thing I wanted to ask on the, the Tattooed Realtor brand is, is it called Tattoo or Tattooed Realtor? Because I know through the grapevine, right, in the industry, I've heard of like two different stories of like, hey, is it Tattooed Realtor or is it called Tattoo? Can you it's, fill us in on the story on that? It's the Tattooed Realtor. Um, but I've gotten so many complaints. Dude, you know how many times ADREs called me in? They have how you many on times speed NAR? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's all from agents. And finally, like I had an NAR, I had an ADRE complaint. And I finally told the board, like, this is, I was pissed. And I was like, dude, you guys are allowing these people to do this. I said, you, you're calling me out for this, this, and this. I said, but don't you think it's unethical for another agent to be tattletailing on another agent? Like, you guys should be taking this. And you're, like, if you guys were going to write people up for this, you should have people behind your what you're pushing, right? What yeah. types of things were you getting written up for? The like fucking what? billboards and, Just like, like s- things I post on social media. And then NAR, they've reached out to me a lot of times about using the tattooed realtor because technically you only can have your first name, last name, comma, realtor. Like you can't have anything else. And I told them, I was like, dude, I have a thousand people. I can tell you right now that use it wrong. Why you guys keep coming after me? And she's like, and she felt for me. She's like, dude, it just sucks because you're the one with the attention. She's like, so it's like, I don't want to do this to you. Like, cause I had to change everything. They kept coming after me. And then finally I wrapped my car, put up the billboard. And that's when I called to speak to their, and they are lawyer. And I was like, I was like, why do you guys keep? It feels like you're picking on me. Like I just like I can show you two thousand people that are using it wrong, but you guys keep coming after me. And she's like, well, report them. I'm like, I'm not going to. That's code of ethics. She's like, I get it. She's like, you're right too, because yeah, it is. Like, is it ethical? No. But she's like, I had, I'm protecting the brand, and that's what my job is. And I'm like, I get it because when you're in branding, like that's that's your life, dude. I, I live by that brand, right? So I understand she's her job is to protect realtors' brand, right? Their their trademark. So I just said I'm just gonna change everything to call tattoo. I try to do things around it, like I was gonna do the. T- I was gonna legally change my name to the tattooed realtor. I said, is that gonna get you guys well, off my back? Yeah. Say to Argue that. with me now. <laughs> Literally, it was going to, and I was like, fuck it. And then she was like, yeah, but is that really ethical to do it because of this? And I was like, <laughs> no. I didn't. So I didn't want anything to ever come about. Like, I was just like, I'm done with this. Because at this point, I'm like, people will know me as that by now. Because I've been doing it for so long. So call tattoo. It just yeah, works. They just, already, yeah. yeah, you've already got the name out there. They yeah, because I was just tired of dealing with the... Which I love. Like, I'm not mad at them for it. Because in, in reality, yeah, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But it's just it's funny how many agents... Like, I'm like, you guys are pathetic, dude. Like, you have nothing better to do than... Like, tattletale. I know. Call well, the more ADRE. popular you are, too, the more you're going to be in the limelight and things like that happen. It's like just one lady, people are envious. They report my billboard. And ADR called... And this is when I finally said, why are you allowing them to do it? Like, is that ethical for them to tattletale on somebody else? Because their same complaint, I sent them screenshots of their own Instagram and and I said, technically, they're doing this, this, and this wrong. So where they get off, call right. me out, right? And that's when they were just – and they stuck up, dude. They were just – they dropped it. Yeah. So, uh, like, that was my, like, oh, that was sweet. Like, yeah. this, I've I had one, one. three <laughs> complaints and all three dropped. Yeah. 
So I'm like, I, but it also put me on my toes. Now I'm like super careful because I don't want to mess up. That shit's yeah. scary because I'm like, if my license is taken away, what am I going to do? Like, but going through that stuff, you realize I always took my job seriously, but you realize why. And that's what agents on my team, I don't know if I sound mean when I do it, but I'm not the, don't fuck up. Like, don't, this is your job. Your job's not social media. Your job's not to show this home. Your, jo- your job is this contract. If you keep sending me contracts that don't have a signature on it, that are missing this, all you're showing me is you don't care. You're just more worried about the money. You're more worried about the social media. You're worried about a commission check than taking care of your client. So that mindset has always been in, but it's instilled 10 times harder now. Like, because I don't want to be the, taken as a joke. Yeah, and I, I think, too, a lot of agents sometimes fall into that trap, right, where it's like, you know, they're so excited to get out there and start making money. You know, they, yeah. they, they miss all the little things, right? And it's all the little things that ADRE, NAR, those, you know, that's what they're looking for, right? Yeah. And obviously the big stuff, too. But, I mean, a lot of times it's it's the little stuff, right? You guys do cash a lot, right? Okay. Yeah. So we do a lot of wholesale. We do, um, yeah, a lot of just resale as well. So One of the complaints came on a cash billboard I had because I had my brokerage on it. Like I don't, it's a personal investment. I don't need a brokerage, and I fought them on it, and I won. I what is? I refused to put it on there because I'm like I'm not gonna be held to any certain standard. Like this is a cash personal investment thing. I'm not gonna change it. But the thing I said behind it is, don't you want me out there offering cash? Like you should want me doing this. I said because there's 20 shitty wholesalers that are gonna be here in the business this weekend yeah. from a fucking course. Yep. And they're gonna lock up sellers and contracts they can't sell. Because they have to come in higher than someone who can actually perform. I said, and they're going to lock up a seller who might need a foreclosure, who might need to move, who might have a medical emergency, who might have this, that they need the money to close. I said, You're, all these people are fucking up the industry because they just want to be better than my offer. I said, wouldn't you rather have me where I go in there and I'm ethically working for the seller? Like, I, I've, How many times have you guys had a conversation with a seller? Like, dude, if they could pay that, I promise you I'd give it to you. Yeah. Like, no, if they s- could offer 320 why would I not say 321 It's because I don't know if they'll sell it that. Yeah, like, yeah. So I'm like, well, you guys are complaining about somebody who's actually like like Doug Hopkins. He's great. Like all these people that are building a name in the, for themselves in the industry, like that's who you want to make cash offers. Like don't mess with them. And a lot of it too is like the YouTube mentality, I call it, right? It's like they watch two YouTube videos on wholesaling yeah. and it's giving wholesaling a bad rep. I think the whole, and I would love to hear your opinion on like the whole disclosure law, you know, we disclose it in every offer that we're wholesale buyers, right? Yeah. Because it's like, we got nothing to hide and it's like, we want to follow everything by the T because we want to ethically work for that seller as well. Mm-hmm. And we, we struggle with that all the time, right? Where it's like, Hey, we're at 250. We know there's no possibility, right? Of us going to 265 what's going to happen is they're playing the investor game, right? They're locking you up at 265, and then they're going to come dr- price drop you in a Benzer, right? And it's just, it's that constant battle, right, that we do. And I think Phoenix in particular is kind of a, a hot spot for that. There's 100%. a ton of wholesalers out here trying to do it. So. I found one way to combat that. I'm not going to say it on my, I'll tell you guys afterwards because it's a great idea that no one does, but it combats that objection. But more than that, it's like I call these people out. Like I yelled at one the other day who sent me a deal. And I was like, why are you sending this to me? Like, no one can pay that. He's all, oh, and I'm like, what's the seller situation? He told me. I'm like, you're literally fucking this guy. And I like was yelling at him in my office. I was fucking furious. I was like, dude, get me the number. Let me go list this house and I'll pay you 50% of whatever commission I get. Like, I can't do that legally. I have to do it some way, other way. But I'm like, you're going to fuck this guy because you locked him up in a contract and he has to sell it in two weeks. Yeah. So I'm like, like people like that, dudes. Oh man, I can't stand it. It's it gives like wholesaling a bad rep. 100%. Shady, yeah, it's and that's why there's going to be shit that happens to us is because 
and I think it's also lazy on wholesalers. It's like, because you don't want a cold call. You don't want a door knock. You did this shit 10 years ago, and you made a shit ton of money. So now you want to make your money teaching shitty people how to do it. Because you're afraid to do the work. You're afraid to put the, the legwork in that you know you have to to sustain the business. So a lot of people are taking that backseat approach where they're like, you know what, I'm just going to teach people how to do it and I'll yeah. charge them money. I'm going to launch my course. That's yeah, you've seen I, a lot of that right yeah. now. I think there needs to be some standards in the courses, like honestly, like because you're never going to – like they can come in and regulate some shit. But you can also like regulate the people that are selling courses and yeah. say you're going to – you're teaching them how to do something that they can fuck a lot of people in. So you have to also – you should have in your course what value comes with what you're doing. Because like, at the end of the day, you're helping someone solve a problem. And if you're just in it to make $10,000 on a wholesale and you don't care who you fuck behind it, like, do you really want that guy in the industry? Because he's indirectly going to fuck your people too. So I just think there needs to be different standards on the courses too and all that kind of stuff. And I know it's not them directly. Like, I don't think they're maliciously doing it. It's just it's creating this fucking frenzy. And they, even if they stopped, YouTube's going to do it. So it's yeah. nothing they can do, but I just wish there were some standards behind that, that portion. I called them all out on social, like, back when the market kind of shifted a little bit. Back, you know, what was that, a mm-hmm. year ago, six months, at least now. Um, it was funny how once the market kind of shifted a little bit here in Phoenix, everyone launched a course. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> wow, everyone, like everyone's real estate yeah. business dried up. So now they have an education yeah. business and it's just, it's interesting to see. And I, I, you know, it's really our, a lot of the younger generation, right. That's just buys it. Right. They don't question who they're buying the course from. They don't question where this money's coming from. It's, it's all that, that perception is reality mindset. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, they perceive these guys as, you know, big wholesalers, quote unquote. And it's like, I'm going to go pay X amount of dollars for it. Everybody wants to be the credit card of wholesale. They want to be the fucking Tony Robbins of solar. And they just spend money on followers, drive fancy cars, yell on a microphone, the videographer, and they're just inspiring (laughs) the next youth to (laughs) go fucking. And they're not given true value because like, I don't want you to ruin your life. When I have a new agent come to me to be on my team, I tell them straight up. I said, Hey, if you're looking for, if I don't see you working, like I don't care if the production's not there. If the activity's not there, I'm letting you know I'm checking out. And I just want to be upfront with you because I don't want you to come on my team and you're like, Justin doesn't help me. If I don't see you helping yourself, I will check out. I'm letting you know that because I'm not going to let your time affect my other business and my other agents, right? So no one's upfront with that shit. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're buying all these people on a false dream. You're not giving them the expectations of what can happen as well behind it. Yeah, and I, I think there's three different levels to that too. It's like, you know, we, we interview a lot of agents and we're constantly expanding our team here at Thrive. And it's just like, we tell people straight up in the interview, like there's three types of people that we recruit. There's bodies, there's, you know, actual agents and then there's leaders, right? And everyone, of course, wants to, you know, get the agents and the and the leaders. But a lot of these brokerages, a lot of these teams will just recruit a body because it doesn't cost them anything, right? Yeah. But it's it goes back to culture, right? And I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of people that come into real estate, right? They see someone driving a nice car. They see the, the glamour of it and they don't realize the amount of work it takes to get there. And it's this false expectation. So... I'm big believer in setting expectations early and often with agents, and it really sets them up to succeed as well. I think it's going to change, like because people like you, because the young people are the leaders now. Like you look at the old guy; they're all going to get shuffled out. These young guys are hungry; they know how to do it better, and they're more relatable. Um, nothing beats social media. I don't care how much fucking money you spend on advertising with your billboards and like me commercial billboards. Like a young kid on social media getting YouTube is going to blow me out of the water. 
because he's young, he's shown success, and everybody wants what he has, right? So I think it's going to change with people like you because the mentality behind us there, like the, I think young kids now are 10 times better than we were when we were young. Like yeah, I look at all the time, like the Ricky, um, Ricky Gutierrez, Ricky and all, Gutierrez yeah. like all these kids, I like look up to them. I'm like, why the fuck am I looking up to this guy? I'm a 30 year old man with kids. And, but I'm like, dude, this is, I wish I had that mentality when I was 20. I have a kid on my team who runs the wholesale with me, Greg. He's 23. I have Dom, who's 22. Like, those are my business partners, a 22 and 23-year-old. Um, Jack Cole from Keller Williams, he's a fucking hustler. He, the kid has the most strict schedule I've ever seen anyone. He's a killer real estate agent. He's 23. Like, all these 20-year-olds now, like, us men, older men, are, like, looking up to these kids, and you guys don't know the power you have. Like, so you guys are so powerful, you have no idea. Because these kids might be leading down a road where, what if they don't work out with you? Like, what if they just go into selling drugs? What if they go do drugs themselves? What if they go steal? Like, what if they go? Like, there's all that's a extreme, right? But it's just like they need young people like you to let you, you know, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to be 30 with a degree. You can be 22 years old and not know shit. And yeah, look what I built yeah. from it. We've got access to the information. It's everywhere. Yeah. So, how is how is your your recruiting aspect and like how you built your team in the beginning different than how it's ran now? Because I know, I mean almost 50% of all the volume that you've done in your real estate career has come in the last 12 months. So you've, you've definitely, you've switched something and, and, and you're able to get a lot more volume done now. And it seems like you're running a more efficient team and closing more deals. Like what do you feel has switched just with you being a team leader and understanding how that works with how you recruit people now? A, a lot of my business was from personal shit, just me. Um, when I ran a team, I don't know how to run a team. I still am learning. <laughs> like I'm not good at I learned that when I went to a speaking event. Like, I'm not a realtor. Like, I'm a marketer who knows how to do real estate. Yeah. I'm not a team lead. I'm a recruiter because I can get the bodies, right? Yeah. I can get the vision, the bodies, but it's hard for me to lead because, like I said, once I don't see activity, I will check out. Like, I've had that moment. You haven't had it yet, so it's fucking pointless for me to sit here, and I can never motivate you to do something. If you're not going to do it, you're not going to fucking do it. I just need to find the 15% that want to do it. Because if I have somebody that's in the 85% and I'm there rah, rah, rah every single day, I'm wasting my fucking time because they've not had that moment where they don't – It's you don't have a fucking other option. And 15% of the people are, are that people. So, like, running a team, I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing, to be honest with you. Like, um – the uptick of business was all social media, like personal deals. When I ran a team, like it's hard for me to, I didn't have a lender partner that was providing leads and it's hard for me to, like I'm, I was still struggling growing a team. That's why I did such low splits because I more wanted to create a family. Now it's dialed in. We're like, shit, like, and this only happened in the last three, three months. Like now we're like dialed in yeah. to recruit. Um, but like, I just want to create a lot. And a lot of the deals that we just do have retail app wholesale. So, our retail deals don't affect our like don't show the bigger picture of the business because we have a lot of investment. Is deals that the that bigger side of what you? That's what you enjoy. More, I teach right? agents how to be multidimensional. Yeah. So it's not you're not a retail agent. You're a fifty-fifty agent, and that's what I think the power is because now, if one of my if one of my team members gets a deal, I don't want them to send it to me. Figure out yourself how to monetize it, mm -hmm. because my job is to make you wealthy, right? So they don't. Oh, you got a deal? You must send it to me. Like I'm like. They know they can try to monetize it first. Do you need me to help you with the hard money? Do you need me to help you? Like, what do you need me to help you with? If not, send it to me. I'll sell it, split it, whatever. So, like, the agents on my team, I'm really trying to teach them to be wealthy. And no one was that to me. And that's what the power of my team is more like the the access you have behind it. It's not the – I'm not the team to come to where you want three fucking leads a week. Like, I'm not that guy. I will teach you how to become wealthy, and I'll teach you how to monetize and everything, but I'm not going to give you 10 leads and say, here, call these. Because 
six percent leads get closed yeah and it comes on the eighth to twelfth contact and i know you're not gonna fucking do it so <laughs> i could literally go tomorrow with the lender and say dude just give me a bunch of crap op city leads i'm gonna hand them out to agents and i could be the team and say oh you want leads here you go leads 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 but i'm not providing value so like yeah. the end of the day is the value we provide right yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I can't agree more with that because that's, that's my whole thing too is like, and I'm still learning how to run a team and how to, you know, really grow the Thrive brand and, and just overall the team. But I tell agents all the time, it's like, you got to think bigger than 3%, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the whole multidimensional agent, right? It's like, hey, if you can do a wholesale deal and you can get 3%, now you're thinking bigger than 3%, right? Yeah. So. I think it all comes down to though that agent's mindset too, because a lot of agents they just they've never even thought of wholesale, right? It's like they just put in this box, and it's like, hey, if you do come across an investment property, send it to this guy in the office, right? Yeah. This guy in the corner office, he does all of our investment stuff, <laughs> yeah. and it's like they don't actually teach you like this is how you underwrite it, this is how you take it from step one to ten. Well, the th- like brokerages shun investment. Like yeah. They shun us as investors. They're like, oh, that's a gray area. The fuck it is. Like, it's not a gray area. Like, it, yeah, you can't stop every bad agent. No matter what you do as the biggest gro- brokerage in the world, you can never stop. There's a 90% fucking agents are horrible, right? 5% do 95% of the business. How many of the agents are part-time, don't know what they're doing, lock up their people on contracts they're stupid with, they don't fill it out right. They put owners, like that's why you have E&O insurance, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're sitting here shitting on investors because we have the word investor, and you're not taking into consideration, like when I do a listing appointment, I ask the seller the hard question. I said, what are you going to do with the money? No one asks that question. And they're like, they're always like, and they never say none of your business, never. I said, okay, whatever. Look, I don't do the whole build rapport. Like you, I'm a professional when I go to my listing appointment. Like I'm not your friend. I'm your friend before, after, during the transaction, but right now I'm not your friend. You call me as a businessman, here's what I'm here to do. But that confidence, dude, people eat that shit up. And I go in there and I said, what are you going to do with the money? Uh, uh, we're going to spend it on this. I'm going to put it in my savings account and pay off my credit cards. I'm like, why? That's stupid. Do this. Like, here's your other options you have, right? You can't give them financial advice. But I'm like, do you know there's different options? I ask that because here's five different ways you can sell your home, right? What works best for you? Oh, we're going to go down this rally? Cool. But now if we go down a retail uh, road, I don't have to fight my commission adjustment anymore. I just gave you five ways to sell your home. I gave you so much information that no one else gave you. You don't fight me on the 6%. I literally get signatures and it's it. Well, and it ties back into like going into that wealth aspect too. It's not just all like, hey, let me get your household or hey, you know, an agent, let me show you how to get a listing, right? And that's one thing, you know, that we do here at Thrive Real Estate is like we show people you know, like I tell every guy, I study successful people, right? A lot of these young kids that come in, they have one bank account, you know? And I'm like, dude, any successful guy I know has fucking six accounts, yeah. brother. Like you need to get, you know, and there's a lot of other little things, right, that go into that. So I think it ties into like that that wealthy mindset and really kind of, and it shows people you care too. And Not just that. People. Our job is the seller or fiduciaries, right? That's our job. You're teaching regular ass people that could be a stay at home mom, that could be a guy with face tattoos, that like get out of trucking. You're teaching this person how to essentially be a financial advisor, right? Because we're telling these people just to sell their home, sell it, sell it here, buy, buy, buy. You're not give like we're not allowed to give financial advice, which is fine, but you also don't have to shun people that are telling sellers and regular people, do you know there's options? Like, because you're not an investor. I am. I'm not. I'm a real estate agent. Like, I'm trying to skate the line because. People like try to find anything fucking wrong with anything you say, but you're teaching regular ass people how to just be realtors and realtors. <laughs> you're not teaching them that there's different options um, to make themselves wealthy, to make other people wealthy. So like people like us, I don't teach my agents to be real estate agents. I teach them to be problem solvers. 
someone's reaching out to you, whether it's a pay-per-click ad, the sphere, the social media, cold calling, they're saying yes, or they're reaching out to you to solve a problem. They have a problem that they need solved. If you go in there just to get a listing doc signed, did you really solve their problem? Because you didn't even ask them, why are you selling the home? Where are you going? Why do you need this money? What's important about the number you want? Like you, That's what our scripts are based off of is question asking. Because now if I get the answers, now I have this probably is your better option. Do you even know about this? No, what is it? Then you can go down the road. So we're not teaching agents to be a real estate agent. We're teaching them how to solve a fucking problem. Because people are not reaching out to you to say, I just need to list my house for 6%. It is like, hey, I have a problem I need it solved. Whether that problem be I need to upgrade because we're having another kid, yeah, that's a traditional way. But it also might be I need to sell this home because my mom's dying. I got to get out of here in three weeks. Hey, I got a foreclosure. I'm too embarrassed to talk to you guys about, so I'm just going to sell this quick. And if it gets sold quick, maybe I don't have to worry about it. But if it sits on the market, now I'm fucked, right? So a lot of people, they're afraid to tell you what their problem is. So you have to ask them what the problem is. And that's what we try to teach, like even you, indirectly, you're just teaching people how to not be real estate agents to solve a problem. Yeah. And it's, I call it like the multiple hats, right? Like mm-hmm. just wearing multiple hats. Like when you go into that listing appointment or, you know, you go in and you're, you're having a conversation with someone at a bar or a restaurant, right. And real estate gets brought up. It's always like, you know, it's not like, Hey, you know, what is my house worth? Right. It's like, what are you going to do with the money? Right. Why are you selling it? Yeah. Right. Why not keep it? Why not turn you into, you know, why not go buy another one and keep this one? Right. And just, it kind of opens that whole conversation right where it's like it might make more sense for you to hold this right your your interest rates three percent like come Mm -hmm. on like have you thought how's that crossed your mind right and i it all ties back into that and i think it all comes down to leading with value and that's something we really try to take serious around here it's like you have to lead with value dave ramsey's in real estate he's telling people to pay off all their debt they're selling leads now too yeah (laughs) he's like is that (laughs) that's financial advice right yeah Yeah. telling them to pay off all their debt like why pay off a car debt that's three percent interest rate that money you fucking pay your car off you go make money off of it right it's just like there shouldn't be like all these fucking rules like even like right now i'm afraid to say something if someone watches they turn it in and say oh justin's giving financial advice no i'm not i'm asking you have to worry about that too and it's that's how you build trust with a client at the end of the day like you said they called you for real estate but it's like hey i can lay out every option on the table for you who else is going to come and you and tell you every option besides here's so how I'm going to collect my commission check. I had three clients in the past year that went from a listing appointment to a buyer consult. Yeah. Because I taught them how to use the money in their own home to go buy their next home. And they had no fucking idea they can do it. Because most people are just, they're average people. They're the yeah. fucking wife with three kids that they're raising and the husband that's working a nine to five. Like, yeah. maybe he's not on TikTok looking at all these fucking rich <laughs> celebrities like, here's how I made money. But like, just like you said, dude, like you're giving options for them to like become wealthy off of their own asset like yeah. something that you, they don't even know they can make generational wealth right and most agents are like cool let's double end this thing buy sell let's get it done you know and that's ethical right right me right. sending it to my brokers to find someone in my brokers to buy the home so we can double end the commission so our brokers makes both ends yeah come on stop you, you can find something wrong with everything it's so backwards yeah it's there's nothing we can do about it though yeah, but like people like you guys like those are the people that like i'm not you guys aren't my competition. You guys are like my comrades. You could do the same thing we're doing. So like people like you are the best people for the industry. And you guys are going to be shunned because you're young, because you've got the word investor in your name, because you are, you're on a team that makes good money. Like you're always, someone's always going to find something wrong with you guys, but you guys are the future. And that's why I like doing stuff like this. I, I appreciate that, man. It really means a lot. And uh, I, I think it, Something too on that note is like, man, you're, you're someone that we, you know, take a look at and we, you know, we like back to studying successful people, right? It's, I think there should be more of that and like behind closed doors or just like, 
you know, a lot, especially in this industry, and I, and I would imagine a lot of industries, it's like all the guys, right, or all the women, and everyone talks, right? We all talk. Even though we do the same thing, we're all talking. Hey, Justin, did you see this deal? Oh, yeah, dude, I looked at that two weeks ago, man. Yeah. You know, whatever. So all those phone calls are happening behind the scenes, and I think that's really where we should focus our efforts is, like, let's, you know, whether you get the deal or I get the deal, like, it's that abundant mindset, right, mm -hmm. of like, yeah. hey, man, I'm not mad that Justin, you know, got a deal and, and he's going to make X amount of dollars on it. I'm hap genuinely happy to see that. And I think there needs to be more of that genuine, I want to call it joy, really, for other people's success. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, especially in this industry, in, in real estate. So switching gears, um, would you say, like, there's anything that um, is, like, a, a main struggle of yours right now that you're facing or, or like, a main challenge? Everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never had success, so I don't know what it is. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know what to do with my money. I don't know smart ways to handle assets, what I should do with every commission. Like, I don't know business. I'm a fucking truck driver. I still have this person who has never – I've never, ever, ever been around successful people. I don't know how to act. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to change. I don't know how to be that to other people. Like, I'm trying to learn so many things that I'm not dialed. So my, my goal – like. I'm like a fucking COVID ball, dude. I have so many different alleys yeah, of like, like, where my mind's yeah. at every day, and it fucking sucks. And I like, I don't sleep at all. And I left an industry where I was fucking toxic because I didn't sleep. I slept an hour before work, an hour after work for three years, and it tore my life apart. Now I'm doing the same shit because my mind's going so. So it's just me trying to dial down exactly what I'm looking for, and kind you're, you're always gonna find different struggles. But it's no, no, no longer like. I'm still happy. That's the the best part about it. Is like I'm still happy because I'm in an industry that has opportunities and I love doing. Yeah, I like that, man. I think that's um, yeah, that that's something that you. It all comes down to happiness, right? I mean, what's what's all this about if it's not yeah. about that? So, um, on a side note, what who's the most famous person you have in your contacts, Justin? <laughs> oh shit, I don't think I have. I don't you got to have someone in there. I have like producers and shit. Like, yeah, yeah but yeah. Is that how you get into that big... stuff? Is it mainly like, like when you were doing music videos and stuff, was it like producers reaching out to you? Were you like trying to get yourself into those? Or so was I had it... a casting company. Okay. So, uh, my buddy put me in his movie here and I was playing football at the time and stuff. And I was like a bad guy in this movie. Yeah. And he moved to LA and he hit me up one day and he was like, Justin, you need to move out here. I was like, I got kids, dude. I got... At that time I was married with two kids and I was like, I got, I got kids. I can't just move my life. He's like, dude, you would get so much work out here. I know how much you hate your life. And I really did. And uh, he was like, if I go out for something and I try out for something, he's like, I'm, he's a good-looking male model Venezuelan dude. Like, he's like, I got to compete with 10,000 other good-looking dudes in L.A. He's like, they're either going to want a big, bald, tattooed white guy or not, right? <laughs> There's not many of yeah. you, right? Yeah. So I literally went out there that weekend. I said, cool, we'll go to different casting companies. And I joked on the phone. I was like, if I'm in Sons of Anarchy in the corner – I'll, I'll retire. Like, that's my goal, is just yeah. to be in the corner of the yeah. fucking Sons of Anarchy um, show, and I'd retire, right? That was my very first gig I got. Was, that's badass, was that yeah. show. And then I did 11 TV shows, 24 music videos, but it was all, this guy has the look, right? This The look that I get deemed negative on here was being praised somewhere else. So, And when giving up that, that was another thing that drove me to the ground, because that was my escape from everything. That was my change like i had the opportunity to move there and i could have got work every fucking day and i have two kids here so in my mind i was like i threw away my life not threw away i don't want to say it like that but i have kids my responsibility they're my priority like my dreams are dead right and i followed that fucking guideline i was 
a single dad, I could have made it work. My ex-wife and I had a great relationship. She could have, she was like, I'll keep them during school year. You go there and they can spend summer with you because summer there's a hiatus out there anyway. So she was willing to work with me. But in my mind, I was like, no, like my kids need me every other week. Like I can't, I have my dreams anymore. I'm not allowed to. So I threw away the only thing that was keeping me happy. And that's what led down the worst spiral. It was having all this fame, not fame, having all this success. But people here just, dude, I'd be on a TV show like Bones. I'm just going to be in the background as a prisoner and they're gonna walk me into the fucking cell with the main yeah. character right but hundreds of my friends would watch that shit like all the people on Facebook just would watch cool, it dude. Yeah. That's, and, and I'm just like dude this is such a petty thing <laughs> but here it's like not common out there it's very common like everyone does that yeah, shit yeah out in LA but here it's so cool so like that was like that's that pat on the back moment so I've never had that in my life it gave me this high where I was driving out there every fucking week I was leaving work when I didn't have my kids and I was driving straight to LA for six hours after leaving a 14 hour shift, sleeping in my car for an hour, acting all fucking day. And I call in sick the next day because I had to drive back and be at work at four in the morning. Shit. Did that shit for years. How I didn't was, care. How was the money doing that? That's like, I ask. Yeah, is that it, great. I mean, is it like if a, you live there and did it every day, it's great money. But for me, I'm like, it's cost me money to drive back and forth for gas. Like I'm sleeping in my car, so I don't have to get a hotel. But to me, it wasn't the money, dude. I don't give a fuck. I, I would do something for free. They would never know that. But yeah. Sons of Anarchy, I would have done that shit for free. Oh, yeah. That shit was yeah. cool. To be on it, be recognized. Yeah. And like you said, have all your friends see us. I, I fucking mean, did a music video with Kevin Gates and we had yeah. fucking lunch with him and just talked all day. I'm on set with Lil Wayne, fucking Tyga, Nicki Minaj, all these people that I'm like literally shoulder to shoulder with talking like I'm just a normal fucking friend. Like that shit was priceless. Yeah. And that was like, I had to throw all that away because I was sold this false reality where like I'm not allowed to have vision and dreams because I had kids and I have responsibility like you can make it work yeah yeah and that's that's honestly something I'm struggling with too back to you know that question is like man I I'm getting ready getting in that that stage of my life right where it's like kids and you know that kind of thing and it's that's the scariest part about it you know it's just like a lot of my buddies too it's like man when you when you have that family it's like everything changes like you said right it's like you stop living for your your dreams and your visions and you know, it's your life, but it's now it's like, Hey, I'm pouring everything I can into my family. So what would you, what would you say to like a a young, young person out there, you know, that, that wants to have a family that's just nervous to take that step? I, I see my mom get treated like shit by every fucking man that she's ever met in her life. And that taught me to never treat a girl I'm with, like someone trapped my mom. I would never put my hands on you, call you names and fucking do all that shit. Um, I didn't drink alcohol until I was 21 because my dad died of that. I'm there for my kids all the time because my dad wasn't there for me. I had the work ethic I have now because my mom was that three-job person who I never saw because she was fucking working her ass off to support us by herself. So everything I am today as a man and a dad is from what I witnessed as a kid. So your kids are going to witness. So the best advice is they're going to witness you. Do you want them to fucking hustle? Because you think it's a negative, but you're also, yeah, dad Dad wasn't there. Fucking dad was building a six-figure business so that you could take over when you're older. Or seven-figure business when you could take over. Um, oh, dad was always working all the time. Yeah, dad was fucking making it so you pay for your college. Like, it, they're going to look at the the positives later on down the road. But society is going to tear you down. Like, they tear me down saying, oh, you put work before your kids? Fuck yeah, I do. Like, I put work for myself, for my kids, anything, because I don't want them to ever have that mindset where I almost killed myself because of work. So, yeah, it's like the best advice I can give is do you because you you had kids for a reason. Like, if you're a dedicated father, 
don't let anyone tell you what you should be doing because you're naturally going to do what you're going to do. And because you knew indirectly, like I was taught myself growing up, here's who not to be. Here's who to be like. So all that was directly like my kids are going to see the good shit that I'm doing, not, oh, dad missed our soccer game. Yeah. yeah, they'll see the positives, man. Yeah. That, it so, might take, like, you, take a minute, but they'll you know see what later you're doing. on. If yeah, you guys yeah. have kids and you're, you're actively taking it to be the like, if you're just a weekend dad who doesn't give a fuck, yeah, yeah. you're probably not going to be that shit. guy. Yeah. But you're probably not that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. So, like, you're, you know if you live in the life that you think you need to live, like, you're indirectly going to make the decisions that better suits them. Yeah. So, like, don't be afraid to chase your, your dreams and what you think society might shun on you because you know you're doing it for the, the end goal. Yeah, your kids no. are gonna see that fucking. They're gonna see all your positive shine when it's time for them to step up. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, I think it's been awesome conversation, man. I, I really appreciate you opening up, just being so vulnerable and real. And yeah, this is amazing. Like seriously, this is this has been great. So glad you're the first guy. No, like people like you, like grown men look up to. So it's like take that seriously. Like you're thanking me, but I'm thanking you guys too. Like you guys are giving me the drive that I never had because I want to be, I want to help other people be what you guys are at too yeah yeah i got i got one last question for you that's somewhat generic um if you could do you read it all no you don't okay i'll switch my question then (laughs) um who's your greatest mentor in in your life oh man i wish i would have known this before so i can think um it's my my mom your mom i don't want to be a cheesy answer like you don't that. want to be your mom <laughs> you, oh yeah well yeah i mean it's a, it's a real answer it's my yeah. mom like yeah. everything i learned was from her like i told the embarrassing shit like the good shit the bad shit the what not to do like is all direct like my mom took the bullet like she had to be treated like shit for us kids to know you to be what you. is yeah. real relationship like needs to be so yeah it's my mom just seeing her like she's uh, my goal is to buy her a home and luckily she just wants a fucking manufactured home <laughs> like she wants to live in a community that's fucking seven hundred dollars a month HOA, but it has the the bingo on site. Oh yeah, oh, she can yeah. have All her golf activities. cart and go to her neighbor's house and go to bingo. Like that's her life. And I'm like, dude, that's sustainable. When I don't have to buy you a fucking mansion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we can do that, mom. <laughs> that's my ultimate goal. Right? I hope that comes soon. Like I just want to be able to hand her the keys and say, here you go. Like love it. it. That love fucking it. hits payoff now. Yeah, man, I love it, man. Well, thank Very you cool. again, and uh, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you for everyone that listened, and we appreciate you know you guys spending your time with us and. Uh, Anything that you guys need, everything's going to be clipped down below. So make sure you guys check that out. And um, thank you and take care. On the next one. Appreciate you. Cool. Thank you guys. Sweet, man.